ironically, ironically, what you're describing, Sam, would not have been considered sinful, um, despite how homosexual that sounds. Yeah, you know, it, no, it wouldn't have. I that's like, yeah. that, that's the I'm telling you, you would do in Christian college. You like yeah. get as close to the line of like gay that you could, and then you're like not, ah, and then you yell no homo, and you think you're fine. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just. I, it's it, it's hard to even think about why that stuff existed. It, it feels like it's just a repression, like release like valve. Christian Christian college boys say I'm not gay in the same way that they say I'm not racist. But yeah. Yeah. yes, yeah. It's yes, remarkably similar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grown Up Christian. I'm Casey. I'm Sam. And we are joined today by a friend of the show and uh, Wichita native, uh, Mark Peener. And April constantly corrects me and says, you know it's Penner, right? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> and I will not say Penner, I will say Peener. I mean, it does sound closer to penis when you say it that way, so... <laughs> Which we know is very important to Casey. That's enough for me. <laughs> True <laughs> enough. True enough. Dude, Mark, I'm so excited to have you. I swear, like you, you must have been one of the first people that found our podcast. Uh, yeah, we were I... like pulling very few numbers at the very beginning. Somehow you stumbled across it, and that, and we've been interacting for the past almost three years. Well, guys, I mean, it was obviously God who brought me to you. Thank you know, you. That's, that's how it happened. So. Praise sure, and glory to him. <laughs> I distinctly remember listening to your very first episode. I was just cutting the grass and had the headphones in, and you guys were talking about your Liberty Days. I'm going, God, that sounds a lot like Tabor College, man. A lot. <laughs> Kate, Casey knows what that is, uh, Sam. That's just small Mennonite Brethren School in the middle of nowhere, Ooh. Kansas. That's where I went, so... Yep, I was in Hillsboro this week. Yeah. I do like the Mennonites. There's a special place in my heart for Mennonites, despite probably my mostly disagreement with them on most things. But for some reason, I have a soft spot, soft spot for them. And I think it's just because that was the first Christian uh, denomination sect. I feel like they're less of a de- denomination, more of like, it's so specific. Um yeah, we're it's we're like pretty denomination we're pretty small. plus. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Denomination with asterisk, and yeah. then you got to read the footnote, <laughs> and you know the where. What's the you know the, the word word count? Where, where where did you find the word definition for what we are and or what I used to be? It's I like, should say but, it's like Amish light, kind of. Yeah, uh, and I always appreciate it simply because when I was the the big thing that pulled me out of evangelicalism was just like learning about uh really just like non-violence as an idea which i have different opinions on now but that was very important because growing up evangelical it's like you know i grew up in the world of as we all did uh post 9 11 2001 where it's like you know what we should do in the middle east we should turn it into a glass parking lot and we all go yeah that's pretty that's a good idea i can't imagine dinner joke like yeah, I can't imagine that turning into 
I can't imagine that creating terrorists down the line or being a problem, but that's being in that world and thinking that that was the right thing to do. And then being pulled out by people who were affiliated with Mennonites. So I do have a soft spot in my heart for them. And uh, I try, I would probably denigrate them less than, than most denominations, despite the fact that there is probably a lot of problems there, which we can get into with your Tabor college days. But uh, either way, I think it's crazy that you found our first episode. I feel like if I could, I might delete our first episode at this point. What do you think, Casey? (laughs) I'm good. It's all out there now. I know it is. We are who we are, (laughs) but we've shifted a lot. I feel like this has taken a big change over the years. So it is funny to think back. Like, I don't know what I could make it conscious effort to go back and listen to the first episode at this point. That would feel weird. Yeah. I mean, when I was listening to that, well, and that's, it was shortly after you guys set up your discord, right? I mean, yeah, you're like employee number one. I know once, once you guys go public, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting rich real fast. (laughs) That makes one of us. (laughs) Dude. So did you, I mean, are you, well, I guess with your family, like, is your family all from Kansas, like, back as far as it matters, basically? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, my last name in the Mennonite Brethren world is very, very common. So where that came from is not my dad's generation, but my his his dad, my grandfather's generation. They they kind of, my grandfather set up the farm back in, out in western Kansas. So Dodge City, Garden City, you know where that's at, Casey. Um he just texted and, me about Dodge City this week and how uh, um, amazing it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazingly something. But, yeah, so that, yeah, everyone, my mom, however, grew up in Denver, but she went to Tabor College. That's where she met my dad. And so the whole Tabor connection is very family related. Um, half of my high school senior class went to Tabor College. I mean, it was just oh, wow. one of those. Yeah, it was just a very weird how my like generation and my even my I have two older sisters like they went there my younger brother went there I mean we all went there it's like a the family thing and so real lineage um, extremely extremely and so you know I have an uncle who's on the board or used to be at least on the board of Tabor College so it's just very ingrained in that and so yeah it's a there, there's a lot of deep roots there so. did you get a discount absolutely not no ah. <laughs> Colleges don't do that. Not uh, they do. <laughs> they do if you're yeah. like Lori Laughlin, but <laughs> well, true. Um, we didn't have. I didn't have a good enough. Uh, I didn't have a rich enough parents to you know you know s- skirt the system that way. But uh, um, no, no. Tabor College. If you know anything about Mennonite Brethren's, we're filthy rich, and uh, so uh, I'm absolutely joking. And so <laughs> anytime they, the college needed uh, to, to raise your, uh, raise the tuition that happened. So it was not something I walked out of there with plenty of college debt, just like anyone else did, would have. So I remember my first year of college, I went to Hillsdale college in Southern Michigan, oh, yeah. which is not Christian, but it's very conservative and stuff. And so it's uh, the same thing, essentially. Yeah. Conservative politics, which is Christianity, same. but I, you know, it was a, it was a big deal that, that I was going there and that my, you know, my parents were, were paying for like the portion that my scholarship didn't cover and stuff. And I remember like, we went to the first day orientation thing where all the new students are coming in, all the parents are there. And like, 
the first 30 minutes they asked for donations from the parents oh and my, yeah. my yeah, mom and dad were just familiar. like what what is this like this is this is insane like we haven't even started yet they were like, like this is they're all like oh this is insane they're like so so how much do we need to give was that because that that's what that's what my family would have done we've been like this is ridiculous but we're gonna do it anyway because you know god jesus you know so it, it's crazy that they do that for kids just, like usually you hit up alumni people who have been there people whose parents the parents of kids who have been there, like there's so many ways that you reach out for money. But when you're just gearing up, when you just co-signed your 18 year old's first college loan, when you're terrified that they're going to default immediately upon graduation, you got, they ask you for personal donations, which is incredible. Yeah. You, you haven't even gotten to figure out how underwhelmingly dumb your son is yet. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> what scholarship did you go there on, by the way? Because I got an academic scholarship because you were the top of your class of twelve people. No, because <laughs> I, I did you, good uh, on the because in the cool comics in your ACE books that you colored the right kid black. Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Well, no, 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 Sam. It has red and yellow, black and white. You had all the colors. Oh. He got them all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He answered correctly that they were all precious in his sight, so we got an academic scholarship. <laughs> Precisely. <Pretty much. laughs> no, like the only thing that I learned at my little Christian school was how to take tests, and so I like stomped the ACT. I okay. did it once, stomped it, and then I floated the rest of my college years on that with really bad grades. <laughs> you had little work <laughs> ethic, but like you were great at standardized tests. That's... That's like you summed me up. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys when you guys got out of Liberty though, uh, is Liberty considered? I know they're obviously Christian or whatever, but are they considered a liberal arts school then, or or uh, no? Because that's very much Tabor. Like liberal arts, you're a generalist, right? You're never a specialist in anything, right? Yeah, they they requ- <laughs> they required you to take a lot of classes that were quite general. You had to do the same kind of like your math your english is your everything so i guess okay. is that yeah, what yeah, constitutes yeah. liberal arts essentially i think they they were <laughs> they called it conservative arts uh for the open, oh, of course they did yeah. conservative <laughs> arts for the open-minded conservative i think is specifically how they worded it uh <laughs> it's like you're a math major but you also have to take a class on why evolution isn't real right yeah oh, we're still, we're, they were still going really hard on evolution at that point which i mean they still dollars a credit hour yeah, uh, we every year at Tabor College the the environmental science class that came through, and it was always either freshmen or sophomores would come in and take that class. the The science teachers would open themselves up by doing this like two day, uh, like open forum kind of thing, like basically turned into a political town hall where all the students were like you're wrong because you don't believe the Bible and the, te- and the, these teachers are, I don't even know why the hell they did this. Like, what are you thinking? All you're doing is throwing gas on a fire saying, no, we actually do believe in evolution or whatever. And, oh man. So we just, we just crucified them as close to literally as possible. <laughs> it sounds like r slash Christian on Reddit. My God, yes. I went down the rabbit hole on that recently. Every oh, time you go into toilet. that, it's bad. I think, 80% of the posts are like, is it really a sin to be gay? Or it's, 
really Ugh. a sin to be gay. It's like, it's always that. <laughs> and it, the first comment is always, oh, it's been 15 seconds since somebody made this exact same post. That's crazy. We made a new record. Like a lot of like sarcasm. Uh, it's, uh, that's what that sounds like to me is like the Christian Reddit page, which is an absolute. It's, it's the but Dodge still, city of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I will still scroll through while I'm taking a shit sometimes just. Endlessly. Well, sure. It, I mean, that's, that's an appropriate place to be scrolling through that subreddit. Yeah, the, so. Really the only place that you should, but <laughs> True. it's, it is pretty wild. Uh, how seriously some people take these. It's crazy to think back about taking those topics seriously, right? Like to, to have a real conviction about it when you are so dumb and you know nothing and you've been indoctrinated for your entire life through homeschool or Christian school. And then like you hear that 98% of scientists co-sign this idea, despite, you know, a lack of understanding in some areas and you go, (laughs) They're all wrong and yeah, they're all yeah. deceived. <laughs> it's so funny. Hey, Satan is uh, roaming around the world like a lion. Isn't that how it goes? Something like that. Clearly <laughs> he's consuming all of these, all of these sciences. He's got them all. The greatest the trick he ever know. pulled was convincing people that dinosaurs were real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only way to know you're right is if everybody else thinks you're wrong. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Sure Zoom fire. out from like, christian college for a minute and like you think about the fact that college kids in general are kind of dumb and very annoying oh so dumb they said they control so much of the discourse in in our country especially and it's weird to think about like these people they have so little life experience so it doesn't temper any of their like extreme ideas about it, whatever it is, like whatever yeah. they they're into that it's extreme. Right. And then you think about like college professors who like they've, they've made a career out of like only conversing with those things, <laughs> you know, and like what kind of person does it take to do that? And it's probably not a great thread to pull on. I guess there's lots of smart college professors, but, you have to be know. resilient to be, be a college professor, especially at a Christian. Well, no, I, you know what? I'll take that back. Not necessarily at a Christian university. I'll remember my first year at community college, my English professor, hands down, one of the best professors I've ever had. Guy was fantastic. The shit he put up with from the kids in that class. I don't know. Like He ended up leaving to go to a different college, which I got. Uh, why he might go to a state school over a community college, but it was, I'll never forget the time that like, (laughs) there's this one fuck off in the class and he would try to generate discussion. And this one kid who it was shocking. He made it to like that. He didn't just drop out within the first couple weeks. Um, He would always get into it. This other girl in the class. Uh, so he starts like, you know, exchanging insults with her while they're trying to discuss material. And my professor stands up and like points his finger like at his chest. He's like, I don't want to hear another fucking word from you. You're the only one in the class who's completely failing everything. That <laughs> 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 oh, sounds incredible. great. That would, yeah, that would have been no, amazing to witness. The best. Uh, <laughs> that kid left the class after that. He's like, fuck. I don't need this fucking bullshit. 
leaves. I love that guy. Dude, he was one of the only professors that like, cause I was, you know, I was 18. I was still like, I'm a Christian. I had to make everybody know it. I had to really, God is not dead. The fuck out of that shit with my professors. So they all had to know. And he was like the chillest about it. He would instead like find little, little things within literature that related to Christianity. Cause he clearly had a good understanding of it. And, and he'd be like, how do you feel about that? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? You're the, you're the, uh, he's like, I'm not, you know, not trying to single me out in like a, a being offensive. He's like, but you've made it clear that you are this person in the class. So it only makes sense that we should ask you this question about how you feel about that. Because you, you obviously care about how you care about what other people think about how you feel about these things. And it was really like yeah. self-reflective to me. It felt a little insulting at the time, but he really just like gave me what I was asking for. Uh, but at a time I wasn't ready for it. And it was like, Oh fuck. I, this guy, I kind of owe him a debt of gratitude. Honestly. I love that guy. He was the best. I don't even remember his name. That's what's wild. I don't remember this professor's name. Otherwise I would have said it already. Fantastic professor. But it's like, but to be that age, he just liked you because you're the, you're the only one in the class that was like sober, coherent and not drawing hentai characters on the (laughs) workbooks. did I or, or just a notebook full of penises like <laughs> super bad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I discussed uh the kid in my at my college who who would watch hentai porn in the like the the lounge area. Like Yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> talking about that. We don't need to go back into that. But so that's a lane. That was a very uh He was Mennonite college lane. He was a Mennonite. <laughs> anyway. No, no, no. Mennonite oh, brethren. Yeah. Get, it, get it straight, Casey. <laughs> oh, what is the difference Mennonite? What's Mennonite Mennonite brethren, Mark? What's is Yeah. Um so generally speaking, you have your you, you kind of we kind of discussed the whole like Amish light thing. And in a way that's just kind of a conservative Mennonite where conservative Mennonite is, you know, they still have like the head coverings, like a lot of the women will wear like a doily or something on their head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are, interestingly, the the MB, our Mennonite brethren, li- left of that in terms of, you know, none of the head covering stuff, but still very, you know, Menno Simons, that's the, the character way back when who broke away from the, the whole Lutheran uh, uh, denomination side. And that's when he took really the pacifist route. And then from there, you have Mennonite, you have General Conference Mennonite, then you have Mennonite Brethren. And it's really smaller doctrinal issues. But generally speaking, think of it like Southern Baptist, except you're pacifist, essentially. Or anymore, it's almost like just straight evangelical, but you're pacifist, right? So um, so most most Mennonite Brethren would say, well... I can't vote for Biden because he's a Democrat. So I guess I got to vote for Trump. You know, that's, that's going to be kind of their mantra and, you know, vote on the right side, all that stuff. Anti-abortion, you know, it's just the, the basics. Okay. Not, so, not all, but, so but yeah, some of the Mennonites have gone left. Kind of like a secondary thing for them, because I would, I would imagine that as a Mennonite, because uh, that you would almost just not vote or participate in a violent system like the United States. Like that would make more sense to Jehovah's me. witnesses, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a way you you make a good point, but the, because I think Mennonite brethren has been almost like 
bastardized in a way by the kind of evangelical, you know, Christian nationalism influence um, to the point where a lot of the doctrinal stuff, which I'm going to admit right now (laughs) on the air, so to speak, that I am not the expert on Mennonite Brothers stuff anymore. So uh, to those who might be listening, I'm not the authority. However, uh, the the differences that have that it used to be, we used to be much more, you know, you focus on, you know, much more what you now look at, like more liberal kind of concepts of you just love your neighbor, you know, you know, care about your care about the people who are around you. And now, you know, it's really skewing more and more towards, uh, you know, your kind of your standard um, evangelical and sadly, you know, Christian nationalism, very patriarchal, any women in leadership in the church is very pressed down. That kind of stuff is just not part of it or what it wasn't at least when I was there. So, okay. That was, which was, less which was what? I feel like that's the most like uh prevailing thread to pull throughout. Oh yeah. Conservative sure. aspects of, or just Christianity in general is just <clears throat> how, where, where women's roles are. Uh, but what stuck out to me about Mennonite is their pacifism. So yep. it is interesting. To, and you said Menno, what, who started Menno? What? This is something I'm Menno, actually not familiar with at all. Yeah. His name was Menno Simons. Menno, Menno Simons. first you know name, M-E-N-N-O, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S. Not a lot of kids being named after him. So he obviously not wasn't as influential as you would think. It's a sweet name though. <laughs> Menno could, you could bring Menno back. I'll bring it back. That's I'm going to have another kid just so I can name him or her Menno because that's how progressive I am. It doesn't, I don't believe in uh, gendering names. So, well, Menno, just, as long as, just as long as the middle name is Mark, then that's all that matters. So, Perfect. since okay. I'm the one that brought this to your, uh, <laughs> you know, I do owe that to I you. That. So. You do. You do. <laughs> I feel like I've earned that. You have, you have. I mean, <laughs> one of the first listeners, one of the first in the Discord. I mean, that's right. Did... It was it was the long game, just so I could get my name in someone else's <laughs> babies, right? <laughs> what is the uh, the hierarchy of things that uh, you've done that's rocked the apple cart within the Mennonite community? Because I see that you've disfigured your your temple with tattoos. Oh yes, it has to be a popular move for our uh, for our YouTube viewers. Um, well, this is a literally less than a year old, so uh, that that didn't really disenfranchise myself from from uh, any sort of religion at this point. Um, truthfully, the the thing that really kind of separate some of the things that separated me from where what I used to be was. Well, first of all, I got a divorce. I've been married before. Oh, got a divorce, I did not know that. And the whole divorce thing, that's a big no-no, especially if you're the one that files. So if you're the one that's instigating the divorce, very bad, because if you're not the one instigating it, then you're the victim. It's not yeah. so much, you know, it's more accepted that way, um, which I find to be an interesting loophole for those who are still part of the church, right? Or the, in this in this case, the Midnight Brethren Church. Is it so, as accepted, oh, I didn't file. Is it as accepted if, because uh, there are some, depending on what, where you are or what your denomination is, I don't, I don't actually, it's crazy for being biblical literalists, the evangelical communities I've been a part of haven't really denigrated remarriage so much, even though Paul is pretty explicitly clear on 
remarriage Very. being a problem. Uh, so that's one thing that they get to ignore. As long as it's not gay shit, they don't really care that much. Um, but where, with, with you and your experience, um, was there any criticism about remarriage? Uh, like, oh, you're the victim. You got divorced. Sucks to suck. But now you just have to like jerk off in solitude for the rest of your life. Uh, well, yeah, jer- well, jerk off in solitude <laughs> and and absolutely not confessing that, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, you're not to sleep on your stomach. You're not jerking like. off. You're just not yeah. getting remarried either. Was there? But was there any concerns or problems with remarriage in your community or not really? Interestingly, no, which is always that's just another kind of straw on the camel's back for me that, you know, back in the day when I finally said enough's enough. But that was just one of those things. It's like, come on. OK, this one is, you know, if I file, oh, I'm in, in the wrong. But if I'm not filing, then I'm not in the wrong. It's like, OK. And then if I remarry, well, we're just going to ignore what Paul says about that. OK, no problem. So what else are we going to ignore? You know, it's it's a weird I don't know. It, yeah. That kind of thing, so interestingly, funny. just never happened. Yeah, it was never something that, uh, at least the churches that I was involved with, that was never anything that was there. It, weirdly, that it was, they would much rather look down on this than yeah, the drinking, than remarriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drinking, of course, sex before marriage. Sex was always the weird thing that they that we were. It seemed like the churches that I was part of were so obsessive about. I'm like, man, you guys mm-hmm. really like to get, you know, in the business of people's bedrooms or strip clubs or <laughs> it doesn't matter or, or in your hand. You know, it's like, God, God, you know, really, this is what you're going to, you know, this, this is the hill you're going to die on. So it, it was, it, it got to, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, that, uh, you know, all of the actual pedophiles who are being arrested and stuff have uh, a, a large, some of them are somewhat affiliated with some sort of church background and things like that. It's, it's a, yeah, and that, that, that was much so a bigger problem. It's like the harder people go against certain things, the bigger the yep. red flag you go, well, we'll just see, like, I'm not going to make an accusation based on your passions, but uh, time, time might, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, when did yeah. you, get, when did you first get married? So I was married early. That's kind of a similar vein that I've heard many times, you know, I was 23 when, uh, I got married. Um, I had never had a real girlfriend, a serious girlfriend. I say real and I can see Casey's mind going, Oh yeah. So you had your dolls and you know, sex doll and things. Like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm preempting your joke, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> really hit me off at the pass there. And, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I'm neither confirming nor denying anything. So, um, no, so never had a serious girlfriend. Like in high school, in college, I met uh, this girl who fit the mold of exactly who I'm supposed to marry. Right? She she was exactly the right the person that you know God, my dad, my mom, everybody said uh, would say, "Oh yes, yeah, she's perfect for you." And Barbara Bush, <laughs> younger version, and thankfully better looking. But <laughs> and, and I will your, say this: it was your not real girlfriend. Yes. Alicia Lightstone. And then you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you found this woman. <laughs> and then I found this woman. And, and I will say uh, from the get go, she, I have not, I don't have a bad word to say against her. She's a wonderful human being. Um, always has been. And for what I know she, now, you know, very, very good person, just completely wrong for me. And, mm-hmm. but we were married for a long time. Uh, we were married for 10 years. 
Um, oh wow! We had a yeah. So it was a long, a long period of time in which I felt myself inside this bubble and continually trying to, you know, you know, bumping up against the edge of that in all kinds of different ways. And it's, it was just one of those situations where finally around the age 30 or so things started to kind of deteriorate. And so that was what, seven years. So three years in later than that is, is when things kind of ended uh, in terms of uh, my first marriage. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, married young, don't really know who I am, especially as a guy. I mean, we've all heard the studies how, you know, dudes coming out of college, we'd have no fucking clue who we are. Right. And I didn't know who I really was until I was 30, 35 probably. And yeah, so it's, you know, it's just, especially when you're in a, at least for me, when I was in this ultra conservative bubble, you know, I immediately went into church volunteerism, all the free labor that I could possibly give to the churches <laughs> that I was part of, you know? So I, I just, I, I, voluntarily put, kept myself in that box as well in that bubble. So it, it only furthered my, um, you know, indoctrination, you might say, but um, it, it also kind of backfired to the same degree as well at some point, you know? So yeah, was funny any- enough, Mark actually tried to, to, uh, you know, rectify differences with the church after the divorce, but they saw that he had posted a black square on Instagram and that was it. They wouldn't let him. Back <laughs> well, that was the first straw. The second one was the equal sign. You know, that oh. was the other one. Yeah. Somebody spotted your coexist <laughs> bumper sticker and they're like, yeah, not in my house. <laughs> yep. They snapped a picture of that, sent it to the entire church directory. And some of them had to you know, copy it, you know, photocopy it and actually mail it because, you know, half of them didn't have email so <laughs> was any of that deterioration i this is common for people who get married young and it may or may not be your story but there is like the when people drift apart uh spiritually so it's like if you're like i'm not really buying into this anymore but for her it's really important was that was that a factor a, a difference in that and and having a hard time reconciling it interestingly we actually we had a very similar outlook on the faults of the church. Um, we kind of stopped going to church at around the same time too. Um, okay. so weirdly that was something that we agreed on. Um, one of the bigger things that, uh, and I'm, I feel perfectly safe in saying this, that we had a difference in terms of whether we wanted kids or not. Um, and that mm. became a bigger dividing point. Um, there are a couple other details that I'm not really going to share here, but sure. that, but that, that was a bigger, a bigger thing that really, you know, when, when that finally, when I finally kind of had the balls to actually say something, <laughs> because in the, in the past it was never, I was so conflict averse that I would, I'm like, whatever you want to do, I'm just going to be here for the ride kind of thing. But when I finally had the balls to say, look, I, I don't think this is what I want that, that was a bigger problem, you know. Yeah, as you, I can as imagine, you might that's imagine. So hard. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, I have. I have a friend who whose story is similar. It's like that was like there was a lot of different things, but there was a real like, bub, like boiling point around that. Which it you know yeah. it's super hard to 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 shift and, and go your separate ways on something like that. But it's all. I mean, do you want to have kids with someone? who's on the same page as you or not. Like it's so like, that's a very yeah. important factor is someone who's like all in on doing that uh, with you. And 
I don't know. It's like, I, I think it's just hard to admit that you've been in, I, that's the hard thing about divorce, right? We, we know the societal pressures. We know the religious pressures and you also go, we've, you know, we made this commitment and we've been in it for this long. It feel it's like, it, there's, it's so hard to make that choice, but it really can be an incredibly like brave decision to just say, this is where we're at. Like, it sounds like there's not a lot, there's no ill will harbored. You know, it's just like, I want, you to have the best life you can have with someone who wants to have that same life. And I think that's important. I hope societally, but mostly as like within Christian circles that they can progress towards getting to that point, especially when they put so much pressure on you get married so young when you have no fucking clue who you are. Yeah, well, and and the the pressure is to okay, you now you're married. You've been married for a year. You've had your fun. Okay, let's start yeah. popping out babies, right? That is an expectation. Like, Come on, man. Oh, it is. And so it, we got really good at saying no, not yet. We're not going to have kids yet. Not yet. Not yet. And then you know, fine. It was just like, uh, yeah, we need to you know rubber meeting meeting the road here because this mm-hmm. is this is a big deal. So I think it's uh, I think their strategy is that like. Yes, you're not a full person yet at 20 years old, but it's a little like how in Japan, you know, they'll like put a uh, a fledgling watermelon sprout like in one of those cube shaped or like, uh, you know, uh, like yeah, a Donald yeah. Trump head mold and it just grows <laughs> to fill it. That's kind of their philosophy on, on marriage. You know, have you seen like, that? Oh, you can grow up together and become codependent, but still hate each other. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for uh, the, the, the watermelon season so I can pick up my Donald Trump shaped watermelon next season. <laughs> I've seen God, if, if that happens, I'm sending you like a, a whole fucking crate of them, Casey. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to smash into that thing. <laughs> Is that have you seen that, Casey? For real, like people uh, filling watermelon. I don't know. I haven't seen like a uh, a head, but like I watched this whole a thing bust. about like this weird market around uh, like shaped watermelons in yeah. Japan. It's like a real thing. Yeah. They have like square shaped ones that they grow in these molds, and they're very expensive. <laughs> I actually I know a lot about watermelons. If you guys have questions, I'd be happy to take them. I mean, I'm right. happy to. I'm happy to like just make this the watermelon episode, Casey. <laughs> if that's what you'd like. So I have a very serious question <laughs> about what. What should I do? when I get a seedless watermelon and I find one of the real seeds in there? What's going on, man? I think you should eat it, and uh, then you should no. make your movement outside. And it's just like a bird; you just make a little like seedling torpedo that uh, sprouts into your very own watermelon seed. That's a gift from God, if you ask me. There, it's almost supplying you with your own fertilizer, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the natural way. Uh, okay. uh, seed disperser, I think they call them. It's like monkeys in the wild. Yeah, is that what they do? Is that what happened? Monkeys eat watermelons and they just shit seeds everywhere and you get I watermelon would, patches? I would love to watch a video of you narrated by J- David Attenborough explaining like the seed going through your <laughs> digestive system. <laughs> no, I would rat I want I want to make sure that it's David Attenborough along with Snoop Dogg um, narrating <laughs> that nature show. Have you seen the Snoop Dogg episodes of that? No. no. Oh my god, you guys have got to go YouTube Snoop Dogg uh I don't know, National Geographic or something like that. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's gold. Yeah, internet gold. Oh, it sounds incredible. I just want to hear him very chill, like talk about 
motherfucking anything in the wild. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we've known, known Snoop Dogg for years and years. And years. Oh, by the way, did you see he's uh, supposedly gave up smoke? I that saw that. Stupid. That was is not that true. Real? No, that was. Okay, I didn't think so. Advertising uh, a smoke-free, f- uh, like fire uh, pit, a smoke-free fire pit, was uh, nice. the gimmick, and that's why. What he a gave rascal! It. I know. Well, he got the, 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 power, the, the power of celebrity, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, so. On the on the kid thing, because obviously, you know, April and I don't have kids. We've been married for fourteen years. Bunch and of people sinners. still ask us quite a bit. I think it's like that's a weird one, especially if you're in that that community, or I mean, almost any. Like if you're in rural America, that's kind of what yeah. people do. Yeah. And there's a part of you that suspects in your head that, like, if I was to find out that my wife was pregnant, I. Th- think it i would probably follow like the natural order of things that men have done for years that people have done for years and years, and years where you, i get you yeah no you rise to the occasion and you grow and mature and and then you like 10 years later people ask you if like you know if you regret having kids and you're like no that's the greatest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> because your brain is feeding you chemicals so you don't eat it yeah but <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> there's there's like a part of you that constantly second guesses that, where you're like, well, you know, maybe I sus I suspect. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I suspect that when I get old, not having kids is probably something that I'll regret. But like, I th- I'm willing to live with that regret. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not as yep. much as you regret having a Hunter Biden type child. You know, <laughs> you're hedging your bets. <laughs> Which is I get what it. I would have, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will also I'd regret have... not going down more water slides. I'd rather regret <laughs> not having children than having children. I'm very disappointed in. <laughs> That's right. I, I regret drinking so much pool water at Blizzard Beach. <laughs> the irony that you regret drinking the pool water you have, and you haven't talked once about all of those energy drinks. But that's fine. This is just regular old vanilla Mountain Dew today. <laughs> that's a new flavor of Mountain Dew, vanilla. Vanilla Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a, this is a this is a non-exciting. It's not kinky in any way. It's just regular it's, it's, old vanilla. It's the OG, the yeah Mountain Dew that uh, I had when I was in sixth grade. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm a purist. College yeah. is when uh, we got voltage. When I was in college, is when we got voltage. And uh, Livewire? No, Livewire was a thing before that. Code Red? It's a purple and a blue one. There's purple and blue. Oh. No. I'm Code Red and Orange something or other was... Livewire was Orange. Code Red, obviously Red. Uh, those were earlier on. Then it was Voltage and something else. Um, Carcinogen flavor. <laughs> one of the uh, positive, very funny, like, well, stupid. I call I'll call it stupid memories from Tabor College was uh, my freshman year. Uh, a senior who was, uh, because, you know, all pinners went to Tabor College. Uh, he's my second cousin. He's like, hey, Mark, come over here. You've heard of, uh, you know, drinking eight glasses of water a day. 
we're going to drink eight glasses of Mountain Dew a day. That's what we're going to do. So and I'm like, college. I'm like, I'm like done, especially it's Christian college because you're not, we're not drinking booze or anything. We're not drinking beer or whatever. So, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good kid at that point. And so I'm like, all right, let's do this. You had to drink like at least two glasses of that for breakfast, just to make sure, just to make sure you got the eight done for the, for the whole day. We lasted a day and a half. I was like, nah, fuck this. Well, I didn't say fuck this at the time, but (laughs) Uh, because that was also a you know no no from the Mennonite brethren side, but uh, mm-hmm. a, gla- a day and a half of that, oh man! Uh, even as a college kid with metabolism skyrocket, you know it still didn't wasn't enough to to process all of that just processed corn syrup, man. Whew. The point for that is so like there's no there is no point. That's like I just remember being yeah. in college, being like, what we should you know what we should all do right now. We should snort. We <laughs> yeah. should snort pixie sticks. Yeah, or Kool Aid. That was what? one thing we yeah. did. Like because the we're Kool-Aid cool. Powder. It's like, why did we do that? Because mm-hmm. you can't do coke. That's why we did that. <laughs> because we're virgins yeah. who can't do coke. That's why we did that. <laughs> <laughs> we're preparing for the real world, Sam. I mean, we're, we got we got to <laughs> snort what we can. So it makes me think of the time that I was hanging out with friend. I had a friend that worked at a, a convenience store overnight, and I would just go hang out with him. We'd hang out till like fucking four in the morning. All the weirdos would show up. It, like my friends, friends would like show clerks. up. Clerks. Yeah, it's like that. And uh, there was that one night. Everyone goes. You know what we should do. We should take the bone, the over-the-counter boner pills, and the first one to pop a boner loses, and that makes me think of Christian college. And we all did yes. it, except for me, right. because I put it in my mouth and immediately did the bitch move where I took it out and threw it on the floor. Wait, what did you did, put in your mouth? It's like the, it's like it's basically like a erect. I mean, it's it keeps you hard. It keeps you hard. Yes, uh, I for hours at a time. But those are. <laughs> It's, oh, I see. You're wondering if I put one of the hard cocks in my mouth, Casey? Okay. Good question. I didn't because I wasn't buddy I was bored. A, a, a little bit of clarity was might have been necessary in that story. So All right. I, I, I appreciate the question, Casey. Yeah, Thank no, you. Solid question. All right. Apparently, athletes have failed like uh, like drug screenings because they took those and like some of them have like trace amounts of like hormones and stuff like that in them oh so they get pinged for like you know hgh or something like that Ugh. this is that's like a 30 like a uh at least an eight-year-old podcast fact that i overheard while barely listening so well i'm glad i wasn't running doing the uh the olympic 30 yard dash or whatever the fuck at the time <laughs> you would have tripped I- I <laughs> in those little shorts doing it with fully torqued. I mean, jump the hurdle I mean, and just catches it. <laughs> I mean, he may he may have crossed the finish line by oh! that much ahead of his competitor. So I'm just wins. saying, <laughs> he wins by a boner. <laughs> Do that, or that's what by makes you vault out on your uh, high jump. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Uh, anyway, I didn't do it. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, I just remember thinking like, I don't know that these pills make you hard. So this first last, like first one to get like last one to not get hard wins kind of thing was silly. Uh, I'm pretty sure they just keep you hard for hours. So I'm like, I'm, I don't think. So, this- 
nothing's going to happen here unless one of you gets really horny and starts like. So were you self-reporting your boner or were there inspectors? How was this <laughs> determined? What was, what was going on here? Great question. <laughs> I feel like every 30 minutes he's like, all right, squeeze check. Right. Yeah. <laughs> drop your pants. Drop your pants, boys. I'm the inspect. I'm the boner inspector here. You're the only you one who's that... ever asked follow-up questions on that, Mark. <laughs> Hey, I'm 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 here to ask. I'm, I'm a detailed or detail oriented person here. So, Just seeing how many how many un- funyuns you can slip on at the gas station in the middle of the night. That it's funyun ring toss at 3 a.m. at a gas station. <laughs> ironically, ironically, what you're describing, Sam, would not have been considered sinful, um, despite how homosexual that sounds. Yeah, you know. it, no, it wouldn't have. I that's like, yeah. that, that's I'm telling you, you would do in Christian college. You like yeah. get as close to the line of like gay that you could, and then you're like not, uh, and then you yell no homo, and you think you're fine. Like, mm-hmm. It's just, I it's it, it's hard to even think about why that stuff existed. It, it feels like it's just a repression like release like, valve. Christian Christian college boys say I'm not gay in the same way that they say I'm not racist, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's yes. remarkably similar. Okay, then I, I actually oh, you've you've dro- you've uh, jogged my memory, Sam. Jeez. Okay, I think my s- freshman or sophomore year in college, um, two things happened. So, one, it was my freshman year. There was a college visit day, so you have high school kids coming in and just visiting Tabor. It was the winter; we had just had some snow, and so at like two in the morning, three in the morning. We, we all like decided, I don't remember who the ringleader was. I wish it were me. That would have been amazing, but it wasn't. Um, but I got brought in on this. I'm like, this is going to be great. We're all going to make these giant snow penises. And it was, I mean, we got detailed with, we, we broke off some pine branches for the pubic hair on the balls. And it was literally right in front of the cafeteria, which was the wall is just straight glass. And so that's where they have all of these, these students come in. And it's just, it's too big of a thing to just like push over because you're still going to see exactly what it was. Um, so, but, but yet here we are, the dudes, the dudes of these, this college, you know, the Christian college going out and doing what we're not building boobs. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're building giant dicks, you know, that are anatomically correct. There were veins and everything. It was unbelievable. So semi but possibly homosexual act one number one or leaning act number one um and then number two was we did what was called the cupid run and uh yeah i'm definitely going to share this story so (laughs) so at Tabor when i was there we had two quads so a quad is simply four dorms all facing each other that's probably fairly similar in most a lot of colleges Mm -hmm. girls and guys we don't have co-ed dorms or anything like that of course because you know sex um the so what we did on valentine's night or the night before whatever it was there were probably 20 25 of us we're like all right we're doing the cupid run so we all uh gathered at this semi off-campus house and we're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to leave here. When we go, we're going to go around this building. We're all going to get naked, grab our clothes and run through the girl's quad, you know, fully naked, screaming or whatever. Someone had tipped the girls off. So they're out there. Again, this is back in, uh, I'm, I'm going to age myself here. I'm going to date myself. Uh, this was back in like 1999, 98. So no one had like 
you know, cameras here. It was, or, or phones. I mean, it was all the, the old school cameras with flashes and shit. And the night sky lit up with flashes. Someone tipped them off and I'm running through and, you know, we all have like ski mask kind of things on, right? Like to mask our faces. But there are two things that are identifying myself. Number one, my shoes, right? Because I'm still running shoes, you know, running with my shoes through the snow. The other thing was on my wrist and it was at the peak of the WWJD uh, wristband craze. Hey, so here I am times. running through. And of course, there's now photographic evidence of this. And if there's snow on the ground, we all know what that means. It's very cold out. And as men, we also know what that means. Severe shrinkage, right? So, so you, you all jerked off a little bit right before you ran through the door. <laughs> I, I wish I had in order to not be the guy that got caught with a WWJD bracelet <laughs> with a very anatomically, very small penis on camera. And then as, as mortifying as that might've been, I never admitted this. This might be my confessional actually. Um, about a week or two later, we ha- Oh, it's going to be, it's, it's, I hope someone's listening. I hope someone listens to this from Tabor because they're going to be like, I remember that. Uh, I denied it, by the way. I was like, oh, not me, not me. And they blamed it. On, I think they, they thought it was someone else. But so they made about a week you, or two. They made you stand out in the cold and pull your pants down. They're like, no, nah, this, right. is, this is the right cop. Yeah. We got I burned those again. shoes. I took the <laughs> WWJD bracelet off. No, no, it's not me. Uh, about two weeks later, because we have every Monday night or at Monday morning, we have convocation. It's like your worship, you know, campus gathering or whatever. And uh, the head of like the Bible um, education department got up and was giving the convocation or whatever. And he brought up the I, the, rea- the, the, the story of, you know, um, and I hear that we had somebody, you know, running through uh, – you know, the, the, the girl's dorm a few weeks ago wearing a WWJD bracelet. I'm sitting there in like the second row. I'm going, oh, God, this is amazing. And he is addressing this. I know full well it's me and I've denied the shit out of this thing. I'm like, OK, well, one of these days I'm going to confess this. And uh, I think that's today. So uh, the but that was oh, God, sorry. once again, a bunch of men, a bunch of guys in high you know, in college, you know, Christian guys running through naked having a good time not homosexual though because you know no homo i guess yeah so <laughs> as long as you say no homo while doing a bunch of naked yep. things together you get a pass uh, the yeah, right or at least would have been if you wanted to keep things keep things a little more mediocre down there you should have used the wwjd bracelet as a, a cock ring on a cock ring Wrapped yeah, yeah around your cock and balls and you would have been just fine well, you know, Sam, had I known about a cock ring way back in the day, I certainly would have done that. But uh, I you think know. I think a WWJD <laughs> bracelet touching a penis is kind of like an American flag touching the ground. Like yeah. It's sacrilegious. Yeah. It. It's got to be burned. Ceremonially. Must be burned. Yeah. Yeah. And whoever was whoever was holding that uh, said flag must be, uh, you know, burned at the stake as well. Yeah, burn them all. Anything that touched yep. it, anything adjacent, just set it all on fire. Did they have like a sense of humor about that, or were they really upset? Because I feel like people at my church would have been like a bunch of sex criminals ran through oh. naked. Yeah, well, the the student body thought it was awesome, and, and I'm you know, so I'm like, 
semi kind of wanting to be identified, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that guy because then the, the whole staff faculty or whatever of the school, they're all up in arms. That's a bad, bad thing. They're like, no, no, this is not, this is not okay. They were genuinely upset. But uh, uh, as far as the, the student body though, I mean, we were kind of rock stars for a couple of weeks, you know? And so, but I had to kind of, you know, bring that down a bit because I didn't want to be identified at the time. Yeah. I imagine expulsion would have been on the line for anyone identified. Definitely could have been. Yeah. Um, thankfully they weren't going around inspecting all of our penises afterwards. So <laughs> yeah. But to be like, let's, <laughs> let's be real. I could see that move happening in some places. And then oh, all, all the inspectors yeah. are the ones going no homo this time. And then they run like <laughs> yes. the gay conversion therapy classes later on that day. Oh, for sure. They're, they're like that uh, TSA agent that was like, you know, handing that's down right. that little kid. <laughs> you know, that's what would have happened to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the handsy TSA agent. That's perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Dude, so... um did you, when when you guys were hitting troubled waters like during your first marriage did you guys do any sort of counseling or anything like that yeah yeah we did and the 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 guy that we went to go see um i mean at the time he was he was in his 80s but a very well respected um of course mennonite right person from the church kind of thing not as not a part of our local church um but uh in that denomination um what was i think disappointing for her but affirming for me was his his reasoning for actually uh siding with the concept of divorce as a acceptable thing to do which i was not prepared for that honestly because everything that I'd heard growing up up until that point was you just do not get divorced. You you never, never do that. That's just a, that's one of those just thing you think those things you simply grin and bear doesn't matter. You're going to, you want to be married for 60 years, even if 50 of those were miserable, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the thing that you do. So um, we went through that process and because he had that door open, that's where I just kind of, you know, I walked through it because I knew that that was what I wanted and it wasn't what she wanted. And that's why I wanted, that's why that it was extremely painful to go through, even though it was something that I knew I wanted uh, because the, after 10 years, my God, the kind of connections and interweavings of our lives were so uh, connected that trying to rip all of that apart was, uh, I mean, I lost lots of friends through that. Um, I lost, um, you know, family members, obviously on her side, of course, that mm-hmm. have never spoken to me, of course, since and things like that. So it, it has its collateral damage. Um, and right, rightfully so. I mean, it, it shouldn't be something that's so easy to just simply, no one wants to just toss it aside, but at the same time, if it's not the right thing, you've got to, you know, you're either, you're, you're going to do it or you're going to, like you say, grin and bear it for 60 years and, and just, one, you know, I would have looked back on that and wondered what if I had actually gone through with it and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that guy. So, um, so yeah, when, 
when Sarah and I, my now wife, uh, when we got married, so Casey, you had mentioned this about having, you know, the idea of you and April figuring out, you know, the pros and cons about having kids. We really kind of grappled with that. We read a couple of books together, just uh, non-religious books, but just books in general about the idea of child free by choice. And we realized that with any, especially with any big decision, but basically any decision, you are choosing one set of consequences for another. We understand that because we're not having kids, we know that there's going to be a point in time where had we had kids, we are missing out on that day when you know, Sam, Christmas is coming up and your kids are going to open up their presents and they're going to be super excited. And there's going to be that, that moment, maybe not every Christmas, but there will be those times where your little kids are going to be, you know, just euphoric about Christmas. We're not going to have that experience. We're not going to have that experience when um, our kids come home from uh, college and they're wanting to be home, you know, for Christmas or when they have their own kids and we have like the whole grandkid thing. That's something that we've made peace with the reality that we're not going to have that. And we've made our peace with that, knowing that that's going to happen. But we, for us, the choice of the, the life that we want to live outweighs the regret or the feeling of maybe not regret, but the feeling of, oh, we're going to miss out on that. It's, it's greater in that way. So yeah. um, that's what I tell people all the time. If they ask about, hey, sh- you know, why don't you guys have kids? Did you guys grapple with it? Coming to terms with the reality that there will be things that you are going to miss. Just like, you know, Sam, you're, you miss out on things that people who don't have kids get to experience, but you're getting things that we will never experience either. Right. And so I, I think being mature about the reality that your decisions are going to have pros and cons, doesn't matter what you choose. There are going to be pluses and minuses. So just understand what those are before you make that choice. And that's what we tried to do long ago when we made that decision. So, yeah, dude, I, I think that's such a insightful way to look at it. Um, I think we, I think what's challenging about like having that conversation authentically in this country, especially is like, we, we're kind of, we are kind of like obsessed with like legacy. It's like in, in like having something to leave for whatever, like, which is ultimately like a form of selfishness to some degree. I think that, I think people want to leave things for their kids, but I think they want to be the person who was able to leave things for their kids almost as much. I think their legacy and, and being able to pass on your hard work is uh, something that, people care about in this country and it it can make really shitty children let's be honest we've seen a lot of kids inherit shit uh that that squander it and suck so i think sometimes we have this is unhealthy- sam slowly building a mental case for why he can spend every dollar before he dies yeah uh, this is really my this- grandpa oh. does this all this is about why i'm not paying for my- <laughs> this is why i'm not paying for my children's college casey is and I am on the record saying that several times with all of my <laughs> friends. Why? Because my parents didn't pay for my college. Yeah. And look how great I turned out. I started a podcast denigrating everything that they taught me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And there, and there is the legacy that the, that Sam's parents have left him. Yeah, their legacy <laughs> is a child. Their legacy is an ungrateful children. child. Not only one. Their legacy is four children who don't subscribe to the ideology that they intentionally homeschooled them to inherit 
and they wow. all all four of you yeah yeah oh goodness okay yeah four children that. that they homeschooled for the purpose of giving them a good christian upbringing to carry on to yeah, essentially pass the torch none of us uh took it in the way that they would have wanted us to and um and then a one of us litter of demons and reprobates yeah and then one of them you know three of them did it privately one of them uh waited a really long time before making the choice that the other siblings did and then you know putting it out there for thousands and thousands of people <laughs> to listen to ever <laughs> it's like uh okay well maybe so they maybe i don't know we'll see like you know uh, people who have kids might end up having <clears throat> some regrets in that right as well. If you maybe ask my parents yeah. or even my in-laws who are more upset, probably more upset about this than uh, even my own parents. My parents, I truly feel love me unconditionally. And despite this, they, like even my dad said when we started it, he goes, you know, I don't, some of that's a little bit tough to hear. Cause you know, we, it's the opposite of what, you know, we kind of hoped for. But at the same time, he mentioned feeling like, it allowed him to really, you know, get to know me for the first time. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, that hard relationship between a parent and a child where children don't want to like ruffle feathers and you just go along to get along. But he's like hearing you be able to talk with people authentically about what you think without any like guard up actually was like appreciated, which was cool. Like I, I, I loved to hear that. That was uh, one of the cooler things I heard about. Uh, from family members <laughs> about this, but, um, but yeah, man, I, anyway, back to you. It's like, I think what you're saying really is um, I don't think a lot of people do that. And I think unfortunately growing up in a, in a Christian world, we don't get the opportunity to do that. It's expected that you're going to have kids. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah. Or you think you're supposed to. And then like years down the road, you realize one person might change their mind. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that does kind of torpedo a relationship if one person wants kids and one doesn't. Yeah, and and a lot of the uh, arguments that we we thankfully haven't had this face to face with people, but um, we've read. You know, this is a common thing that people like. You know, find a subreddit that you can. Find, I mean, there's plenty of the things like that where you can find people saying, "Oh, well, I my." my parents or grandparents, friends, whatever, they're, they're calling me selfish for not wanting kids. And I understand the sentiment behind that. First, before I even get into defending what the decision to not have kids, how that um, is equal to this decision to having kids is, is the concept of why is selfish always bad? Because that's not necessarily a bad thing. The truth is that you know, Sam, my guess is you wanted to have kids for specific reasons. Um, Hey, I want to have kids because I want to, I want family or I want to have a family unit or whatever it is I want. I want, I want, that's also selfish. What's more selfish than wanting to make copies of yourself? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And pass on a legacy. And, but, but my point is that that, that is also, also arguably selfish, but is that necessarily Mm -hmm. wrong? That's not necessarily a bad thing. And so, for me to be selfish and say, I don't want to have kids because of X, Y, Z reason, but this person over here wants to have kids for X, Y, Z reason. Those reasons can both be equally selfish, but also equally good. It doesn't have to be bad, but we are, I was brought up at least that the, the idea of being selfish was tantamount to uh, 
fucking a cow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, nope, it's a sin. Not You're going to hell. You know, uh, when you were from. <laughs> yeah, that's happened there, before there, in Dodge City for sure. There, there are a few cows in Dodge City. Yes, <laughs> but it, it, it is true because it's like selfishness really would the the idea of selfishness that people seem to have a problem with. If you're really, I think, going to get down to it, is selfishness ultimately is is taking away from somebody. Like you're being selfish with your time, therefore you're not giving it to people who are deserving of it. Or you're selfish with your money, therefore you're not being mm-hmm. generous in ways that you maybe should be. Uh, but I think that the irony of saying that you're being selfish about not having children is like I'm being selfish by not having someone to then be selfish again. Like you're you're not taking away from anybody or anything yeah. other than potentially yourselves, but you're giving that up for the sake of uh, not, not investing in this, the, this cultural ideology of that. This is the expected and right thing to do. So, you know, having, you're yeah. essentially experiencing a, a loss to some degree um, by making that choice, which is ultimately, I agree with you, not, selfish like if you the selfish thing to do be have kids but not like invest in them appropriately right like we've i see that constantly in my line of work as uh working in the school you see yeah you see parents being selfish by not it's like oh here's a uh got you a tablet you're four years old and they spend sick they get home from school and they are on their tablet until they go to bed like that's selfish uh and i see that pretty regularly and it's kind of hard to stomach and you see the implications of it on children and um but it, the, I, it does seem strange for people to uh to pull that card on people who've just as adults made a choice for their life that has no impact on anybody and certainly no impact negative impact i guess you could argue uh i guess the first people who would play the selfish card would be like parents who want grandchildren uh yeah i get i get that that could be tough for them uh, I think parents look forward to being grandparents. Uh, they should try and... dogs. <laughs> That's how I feel. They should. Um, well, and, uh, you know, Elon Musk says that, uh, you know, pe- people who don't have kids should not be able to vote because they have nothing to uh, invest in in the future. So. You know Such what? I just <laughs> I don't have a kid because... My environment, my green footprint is offset so much by the fact that I don't have a kid that I don't need to drive one of Elon Musk's horrible cars. <laughs> That's the trade-off. I drive a gas guzzler, and I can throw all of my Mountain Dew cans out the window. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still yes. greener than you. You don't, you yeah. don't want one of those yes. polygon trucks? You can't oh, shoot man. an arrow through them. But uh, but you can throw a, uh, a a Campbell's soup at it and it will crack the window even though they say it won't. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, a, year, a couple of years ago. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. You know the iPad thing. It's like in a way, Tim Cook is all of our cold, unfeeling stepfathers. Explain. Yeah, you lost. I, sorry, yeah. bud. You lost the ball. Because well, the iPad's raising this generation, right? So. Oh, you know. yes, indeed. If it I'm is. going too fast, just say so. Fellas. No, dude, you're so far ahead of <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. It sounded funny in my head. <laughs> uh, That's all right. We're, we're your test audience for your stand-up career next, Casey. It's all good. You're, you're just filtering the bad ones out right now. It's, all, it's fine. Uh, 
That's the dream. <laughs> Jason and I regularly talk about finding, like when we visit each other, finding an open mic. Um, oh God, please let me uh, be a part of that. I want to, <laughs> I want to be in the audience. God. You're that someone would be amazing. trust to be there. I, it's funny. Like I, I mentioned it to like my, my wife is mortified by the idea. She goes, Oh really? Use a different name. And I don't want anyone to know about it in our personal lives. And I go, that's fine because I am so in my own head that the last thing on earth I would want was to be, was to have people there that I knew uh, that would give me yeah so much anxiety, but there's a, a very small, even one of my best friends was like, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> holy cow, clear my throat. Here we go. I think I'm good. Um, he was like, I don't know if I could be there for that. Like, and there was no way that I'd offend this person or make them think anything weird. It was just like the anxiety of bombing in front of somebody. It gives you secondhand embarrassment. And I've seen yes. open mics and had that secondhand embarrassment where you're like, I'm not the one bombing and I want to walk out in traffic right now. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, it's, but. All that preface to say, I would be more than comfortable to do it in front of Casey. I, if there, there's no one I'd rather bomb in front of than Casey, but you're the runner-up, man. If you, I would not be worried about it. I would feel supported if you were there. So take that as a as a compliment. <laughs> See, I have the same secondhand like mortification of not just with stand-up but with uh, karaoke. It's the same thing to me. Oh, my and you'll God. never get. You'll never get me up there either. We had a, uh, one of our best friends here. Her, she, her karaoke is her thing. And there's a, a bar here that does like your, you reserve a room and you just have your friends for karaoke. Oh, that's worse. I think strangers is better than friends. Completely agree. Completely agree. And everyone there's <laughs> drinking, have a good time. And they're all singing. And they're like, I told them weeks and weeks before I'm not doing it. I'm not getting up there. I'm not singing. I'm not doing it. I grew up it's like top in, golf. <laughs> That's yeah, me in top yeah. golf. <laughs> I grew up in church where and like high school and college choir and everything. Like I can carry a tune. I'm decent. And I hate it because it's got this like uh I have a PTSD kind of thing happen with standing up and doing anything performance related in front of a group of people because I hated doing it in church. I hated doing it in college, hated it, hated it, hated it. And now people want to do that for fucking fun. Hell no. <laughs> and so now they, they do this for this birthday and the, everyone goes around and does their thing. And I'm like, Nope, I'm not doing it. And finally uh, Sarah had to tell my friend like, Hey, Mark does not want to do this. Just lay off. And finally she let go and said, fine, I'm not going to do it. But it was just one of those like, Oh, just do. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Same thing with stand up. You'll never get me to do it, but I will absolutely support you guys. I've done karaoke twice in the last month. Never done it before. Now I've done it twice. Damn. That's incredible. I would say the only thing, the, the, I, the perfect mix to get me to do karaoke would be, I need the right amount of alcohol in the right amount of Creed. And I will absolutely. (laughs) I yes, will be there. Big Creed I, guy. I could do Creed karaoke, I mean, and I think that's the only maybe. Uh, God, I there's like a lot of these like late '90s, early 2000s butt rock bands that I just think it's fun to sing, and you sing it poorly intentionally. So there's like, 
I, I could, that's where I draw the line. Like, uh, Creed karaoke is like probably going to be my entrance and exit into karaoke. And it's going to be Creed, Nickelback, Creed. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's going to be Sam's a little like, buck go-to. Carry, all right. <laughs> or a um, little, little suck sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> or a puddle of mud. Give me a little puddle oh, of mud. God. <laughs> yes. Oh, I that did could... a stone cold sober the other day. That's I had like incredible. one Dude. drink in me in Vegas and I did a Toby Keith song. And then, uh, this wow. was a birthday party thing in one of those rooms like you were talking about. And what, what song? Was it Red Solo Cup? <laughs> no, it uh, <laughs> should have been a cowboy. Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. That's one of those old 90s country. That's that's good stuff. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, awesome. April and I did uh, Lady Gaga song the other day. Together? Yeah. In public? Oh, was it was it the uh, was it the Star is Born song with Bradley Cooper? That song? No. You guys do like was, a whole uh, duet thing? That would have been cool. Maybe next time. We did Bad right, Romance. Right. Oh, okay. Good one. Yeah. We, we've screamed that one in the car together before, so it worked <laughs> See, out. See, that's the thing, though. I'm fully supportive of everyone else doing it. Just don't ask me to do it, man. It's tough. So, it's, it's like, if yeah. I touch the stage, Plus, there will be an involuntary release of urine. <laughs> yes. Maybe other fluids coming out of there, too. But, you know. <laughs> I said I case pants to last all week. <laughs> <laughs> Do a group chat. You probably didn't see it because you don't see anything that we send you on Instagram. But there's like a, a sketch. I don't think it's an I think you can leave thing. I think it's one of the other sketch comedy things Tim Robinson's done. But it's like him just continually trying to sing into a microphone and getting frustrated that every time he belts it, it sounds bad. And it's like a minute and a half of him doing that. And then finally he's like, oh, <clears throat> And then after like a minute and a half, he goes, I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that to the, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is, this is me. Every time I try to sing, I feel that that's, I can't it's- do it. And you try. And every time you have to like reel it in, you go, that was embarrassing. Uh, I'm not ready for it. Uh, but again, I think I can manage a Creed song or two. So I'll, I'll stand by that. And Casey, maybe someday you'll get me drunk enough. And we'll be together, and you can see it. Sounds Mark, like a great way to recover from you, a stand-up experience. You guys can come down, come down to St. Petersburg, Florida, and I will rent the room out for you. Right. And <laughs> I it's going to be beautiful. I that think I am coming there next year, actually. Really, St. Pete, Tampa area? I'm, pr- yeah, pretty sure. Okay. Yep, we got like a work thing next October. So oh, I'm going to look you up. Okay, do it, do it. Actually, actually, I will be in Vegas next October, baby, because I spent all of my savings on a one way young ticket like a total loser. But (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing in Vegas? Uh, I was just there last month. That's the one where you're young uh, music festival is. uh, Uh, Well, I have a year to pay it off now. It's like a (laughs) girl jeans family reunion. Yeah, pretty much. Talking old Under Oath, old Emery, old Jimmy Eat World, oh, old nice. uh, oh, God. I mean, it's everyone. It's literally like this. Like out of the fifty something bands, I was like, "There's twenty three of these that I want to see. I'm just gonna buy a ticket." And because they're all playing a full album, like they're like big hit album oh, from like nice. when we were young. So it was hard to pass that up. So yep. I will be in Vegas next October. 
Hey, nostalgia is a powerful thing. It's so powerful. It's honestly <laughs> manipulative and unfair. Yep. It's a spell that's been cast on all of us that we've yet to be able to break. Uh, it's witchcraft and wizardry. The one, the two things we were warned against as children. And it's pretty. Yep. Uh, it's, it's why I. It's why I still occasionally listen to Reliant K and Switchfoot oh. and the occasional All Star United. Do you guys listen, remember them? I All Star United. No, I don't think so. Okay, it's my dream back in like college age or so. My dream concert would have been like All Star United opening for Switchfoot. Like that would have been the thing for me. Um, but yeah, even still to the to this day. Now, have you seen some of the? Uh, oh, you probably haven't, but. Um, there are some of the like Jonas Brothers covered one of Switchfoot songs, and oh, a couple wow. of other artists are covering some of Switchfoot songs. And I'm like, so I start pulling them up on Spotify. I'm like, God, you know, I actually like Switchfoot more than I thought I would. Still, so it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Switchfoot is legitimately good. I, there's no shade yeah. of Switchfoot. My buddy is uh, he's got a band, A Place for Owls. Ben Soy. He's been on the podcast. Everyone can check <laughs> that one out. Um, his band just opened for Switchfoot. Uh, Switchfoot's oh, going back around on tour, and uh, they just played for them, like opened up for them. And dude, I mean, Switchfoot rocks, Reliant K rocks. I have no uh, no shade to throw at some of these older Christian rock bands. Um, well, that but one, I've like, never heard actually of got All like Star. mainstream recognition. Yeah, what? Yeah, the, the meant, that meant to live song was the big one that really kind oh, of yeah. exploded for him. Yeah, I uh, I did a. Uh... I, I did guest vocals on a rap song that sampled that song. Jay Reed? Guest yeah. vocal? Okay. <laughs> we had a guy at our dorm named, he he, called, he went by Jay Reed. He's very strange. No one knew how old he was. And he was covered. He would take his shirt off and he was covered. He looked like he had been like Passion of the Christ beaten. Dude, like the recipient was, of like automatic weapon bullet fire, like <laughs> can of nine what? pills stuff. He got caught between two mobs just on a turf war. <laughs> is what it looked like. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if you know, maybe you guys might be missing the boat here. I think he might have uh, been part of some sort of sex cult or something <laughs> with the whole BDSM thing. Maybe that's where those things came from. I could have been sold on the idea that that's where that <laughs> happened. Yeah, his nightstand was literally in in entirely covered with orange bottles with white caps, all prescription meds to keep him alive. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't. Nothing worked without medication at this point. Like, whatever happened to this kid was gnarly. He was the and that nicest was college. Guy. Yeah, yeah, college. he was in our dorm. And Jesus. he did. Well, like, yeah, he was the nicest guy because he was completely inundated with drugs at this point, probably. Right. <laughs> he seemed it. <laughs> he seemed it. He was, it was... floating. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he did like he did rap stuff on the side and he like had heard my band at the time and was like, yo, I want you to come do like some vocal. Like, I want you to come scream on a song that I'm doing. And I was like, okay, what do you want me to, you want me to scream like something in particular? And he's like, just, you know, just like whatever, but I just want you to scream in this like part, like you do a verse or something. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. I'll rap do it. rock to scream with screaming at that point. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, we were meant to live. 
like yeah. looped over and over again. And it was just him. The, the song was called Scars. And he said scars over and over again. I don't remember what any of the other lyrics were, but and then I come in and just like howl in the background and we recorded it at this guy's house in like the crappy part of Lynchburg in a closet. (laughs) And it was very it was a weird experience, but it was it was kind of fun. (laughs) I wish that was still around, dude. I would love to get some my hands on that. Oh, it was bad, dude. It was really bad. <laughs> I was bad. He was bad. All of it was bad. Surely there's some recordings of that somewhere. Yeah. I mean, gotta gotta upload that shit. It the was on MySpace at one point. Oh, uh, okay. It's still there then, maybe. No, I is think MySpace, MySpace a thing? I think MySpace has uh, been scrubbed at this point, right? Oh, boy. I don't know. Well, we'll have yeah, to look into that one later. Digging. Um, oh god casey you reminded me of something i when i was in college i was part of this like kind of like a hillsong worship wannabe band basically we were like through so we were like the worship band or whatever and we did uh like throughout the summer you know when we're supposed to be you know getting jobs making money or whatever no no no. i chose that summer to actually go through uh do the uh, a tour and what we would who we would tour through were like summer church camps and churches and that kind of stuff. Um, the name of the band, God, I haven't thought about this in a long time. We were crosswise because, you know, we're very, you know, progressive with our, our naming, you know, but crosswise, my God. And so the idea of, yeah, so I was, I would play guitar and I'd sing on a few things and play drums on a few things. And we were just, all we were doing is covering all these Christian bands, a bunch of cadence call stuff and, you know, things like that with were worship band stuff, you know, and, um, when you say, yeah, it was bad that we, we were bad. It, it was, it, we thought we were good, but we, uh, yeah, looking back, it's, it's one of those like, Oh man, crosswise. That was, it was fun at the time because that's, you know, I thought we were, you know, some cool shit, but. Did you get uh, paid? Did these churches pay you over the summer? Uh, the churches themselves did not pay us. We got, um, offering. Com- we got compensated by the college by Tabor. It was like oh. a thousand a, a thousand a month Split to do that. five ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, fuck. thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, no, thankfully, oh, no. Actually, that's uh, pretty good, dude. Well, it was okay, but it was essentially a credit towards our our college expenses or oh, they, something. It wasn't like cash. A thousand bucks know? a month intuition deduction. Okay. Yeah. So, so three thousand dollars, you know, throughout the summer that went to tuition as a scholarship basically. So, uh, well, okay. God, that's been a long time since I've thought about Should those days. I first maybe thought, but <laughs> that's so man crosswise, crosswise and a bunch of caveman's call stuff. And, um, since you guys had Derek Webb on a while back, I've been kind of following him and a lot of the, have you guys kind of seen what's been going on with him and the, the whole like drag stuff and him going to, yeah, double yeah. awards yeah yeah that was pretty honestly i i know you guys you know he was kind of you know what uh, whatever you know as a guest on the show or whatever but i i kind of like that he's like throwing shit in the face of the christian music community like this it's it's kind of cool he, I, he I like that part. back into it like he was exiting from it and then was just like yeah you know what fuck you guys i'll release a, a christian album and make you guys deal with that which i think is yeah. a nice fuck you to the Dove Awards and how that functions. I think anyone who can kind of throw a middle finger to that is pretty cool. Uh, and yeah. I, 
especially as an award ceremony kind of thing. It's like to shake that up is nice. It's nice to see people yeah. trying to shake that shit up. I, I, I appreciate yep. that. Yeah. Um, dude, I want, I'm curious as to your, like, I mean, you went through your first marriage, you went to a Mennonite counselor, you were still, you got the license to feel okay about making a decision that was right for you, which is normally yeah. not something people get. And that's fascinating in its own right. But what was it's out being in that being with a counselor who was Mennonite being, it sounds like you were still part of that world. What was, um, what was the catalyst that ultimately kind of started to pull you out of it? Uh, you mean out of the church itself? Yeah. And out, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and ultimately for me, uh, you know, it, it's, out of out of the faith as a whole as well but um part of yeah i mean that that was certainly one of the pieces that look the this counselor gave me some of the license to exit and and go through with a divorce that the church itself was still not okay with and so you know i i'm sitting sitting here kind of in between those going wait a minute there's a there's a dichotomy here sitting here where the church that i'm supposed to be a part of is against it but this counselor who is respected among the church is saying it's i'm i'm for it and i'm like wait a minute and, and, and that was one of those like you know maybe like a a crack in the ice you might say that I'm like okay there's more of these kinds of situations where the establishment is saying one thing and then there are other people saying another thing and no one has a really, especially on the establishment side, there's no, no one's have, has a really good argument for this other than to say, well, just trust God or, you know, what, you know, using whatever Christian euphemism right. you want to use. And that, so when that, when, like you say, the license for me to say, okay, I'm actually okay with this and I don't feel like I'm going to hell for it then that also get then gave me the um like shining the light on a lot of other things to say okay well what else is there that i'm probably okay with that i'm also not going to hell with and that kind of started a little bit of an avalanche effect of mm -hmm. saying well okay come on um does god really act this way <laughs> you know is is god really that concerned about what i do um you know with my hand, with another woman, with anybody for that matter, um, versus, oh, I'm going to go ahead and let my, uh, or let, let uh, my creation bomb each other to death. I'm not going to care about that, but I am going to care about whether or not you're uh, masturbating to Victoria's Secret when you're in seventh grade, you know. J.C. Penny, really, you know, if you were Casey. <laughs> yeah. Or good housekeeping, right? Ooh, um, <laughs> wholesome. I like that. I like your wholesome approach. The so that kind of moved down the road of like, wait a minute, uh, you know, all of I was I've been raised I had been raised in such a way not just by my parents but through Tabor College and all of the 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 church related stuff that whenever these arguments would show up, you would weave your way around the the arguments you wouldn't actually direct directly address the arguments you just kind of create a little loophole around it so you didn't have to actually address the reality that actually the bible is contradictory in this way or uh what we teach now is in contradiction to what the bible says you know it's like so that that became a snowball effect for me mm -hmm. and to the point where um after meeting sarah and we were dating and you know realizing ah I don't think I believe any of this. 
and it's I, I've been when when Sam I think uh, you reached out at one point to to actually set up this uh, time to for me to hang out with you guys. I've always thought like I'm I was going to tell you this that, that you guys have from the beginning have always been you you always said look we are not like angry so much at the church or we're not hostile towards or you know to towards church or christians in general or whatever and the first time i started listening to you guys i'm like yeah i'm still pretty angry i'm still pretty pissed off and it's something that i'm i'm a i admire the fact especially you you know specifically you sam because you're still a part of a community that is it fair to call it a church yeah, that's um, fair, despite its yeah. unchurchiness, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that you're even, like, you have your 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 toes still in that kind of world, or more than that, or, or less than that, I don't know. But the point is that, for me, the idea of going to a church is so, uh, it just leaves such a bad taste in my mouth that um, I admire the fact that uh, both of you have a uh, a much softer approach to it than I do. And despite the fact that, I've been separated from that world for God, 10, 11 years or so, something like that. And still it just feels so repulsive to me. Um, it's less so now than it was maybe a year or two ago. It's I'm, I think I'm moving in the right direction, but um, part of it is, I think what has helped me move in that direction is uh, Sam, you said all of your siblings have left that kind of world is that yeah. fair right yes definitely. yeah all all three of my siblings are still very much uh involved with their respective churches with their faiths oh, wow. and everything whereas so i'm kind of the the the, the big the, the black sheep right so um but yet they've never well at the beginning with the divorce and remarrying and all that there was some relationship things that had to be uh mended because of that but to the right now, I mean, I've, I don't know if I've had as good of a relationship with my siblings as I've ever had. I mean, it's, it's that's awesome. Yeah. They, they've very much exemplified what I would want to see from a Christian community. Uh, my mom, the same way, my dad to a lesser extent, but he and I don't really have much of a relationship right now. Um, but the siblings wise, it's been, um, remarkable in that way that we, we are all still very much uh, uh, in communication, in relationship with each other, despite the fact that we have very, very different worldviews. Mm -hmm. And in my case, uh, specifically uh, different religious or, or lack thereof views in that regard. Dude, that's such an interesting, uh, that's a, yeah, I like the shift. I, I love that you still have that connection with your siblings. I think that's really important. Um, and so I think what's funny for me, you mentioned like still harboring a, a feeling or two towards the community you came from. I think what's interesting is I, as a whole, I feel like as a whole, I've, um, you know, well, Casey, I'm interested in your uh, response to this, but Casey's much, like, because I think maybe because of where he lives, he's much more ingrained culturally like he has much he's just like placed in a, an area that culturally that evangelical version of christianity is extraordinarily prevalent um yeah i almost feel like casey you you have a better you're better at dealing with that and accepting that and and navigating through it uh 
than I would be. Like, while I've found aspects of Christianity, I don't know that Christian is the right term for me. Uh, maybe I, I feel like post-Christian is something I gravitate towards because I, I don't have like a strong, I don't have a strong opinion on like the, the, whatever the, the Bible being the, the Christian book is like, well, that there's a lot to be said for that. And I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, I think it makes more sense uh, for your book for the quote unquote old Testament or the Jewish scriptures in the way that they navigate their faith. I think that makes the most sense when it comes to grappling through scripture. Uh, I think they navigate that better than Christians do. I think Christians are less new, less nuanced. I think what's interesting though, is I, while I still find a level of comfort in discussing the teachings of Jesus and why they seem to matter, why they think they can matter. um, If you, reflect on it openly versus like in a closed loop uh, and try to force it into an ideology or, or a theology. I think that you can benefit from it. I think that in the same way that you can with any other sort of self-reflective religious systems, um, there's ways to benefit from it. And I think it has an accurate way of understanding self-sacrifice and its impact on the world around you. And there's a lot of beautiful things about it to me, but I am with you. If you threw me into an evangelical church, I would want to stop breathing while I was in there. Like I wouldn't have a good time. I wouldn't be able to find the I wouldn't be able to find the good in it. I would only be questioning and thinking about how much of a disservice it's doing uh, to the people who have subscribed and how much of a circulatory reasoning and groupthink idea. Like it's just all of it isn't good to me. Um and I would like to be better at glean, like maybe gleaning some positives, but I don't want to sell myself as something other than, yeah, having in the right context with the right people in the right conversation, I can have, I can reflect on why the certain teachings of Jesus are important to me in my life personally. But when you look at evangelical culture and evangelical church, it's triggering as fuck for me. So I'm yeah. with you on that. Um, and I don't want, I, I don't want to misrepresent myself there. And I feel like, but Casey, I think maybe you're in a, I feel like you're almost less triggered. You just accept it as a, sort of a cultural thing to some degree. Like it seems to bother you a little bit less, but I'm curious as to how you'd respond to that. I think part of why it doesn't bother me as much. I mean, one is just immersion. Like I'm around it all the time. I think part of it too, is the fact that like, I feel like over the past, I don't know, 10 years here, I've really gotten to, I've really like taken note of how little it actually means to people as opposed to like what they say it means. Mm, You know what I mean? Like you're okay. Take your story. For instance, you go to this counselor. He's the guy. He's 80 years old. In no other situation would you be with an 80 years old guy asking for marriage advice, but this is the guy. He's the one that you need to go see, right? He has all the credibility in the world. He's endorsed by this group of people that is so important to you. You're a part of that community, right? And you're like, please, God, help us figure this out because I don't know what I'm going to do. The guy works with you. You guys go through all this stuff. And he says, I think 
it's reasonable for you guys to consider separating, right? You've gotten the stamp of approval on what, you know, you're now allowed to consider that as like, maybe it's okay for me to think about doing this. Maybe this is what I want. Actually, I mean, I think, yeah, I think this is a course of action that I can go forward with and I'm being told that it's okay and stuff like that. And then immediately you encounter resistance. But why? Why, why is there resistance? I mean, you got the guy's signature on the action, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not anything to do with you. It's the fact that like, Hey Mark, um, we like you and you know, we don't want you to feel bad or anything, but it's really important to us that we not break face with our public policy towards divorce. And uh, I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable or if it leads you into a difficult situation, but it's most important that we, uh, you know, stand firm in our stance that divorce bad, regardless of the situation or who signs off on it and stuff like that. Like, it's not religious conviction. It's just, this is the policy. Did you read the handbook? Yeah. That's the values, Value platitudes is all it kind of is. And I think that's yeah. when you when you look around you, because there's true believers out there where it's like a part of who they are on a daily basis, you know, but by and large, like one, I don't think there's that many of those. Really? I mean, I don't think there's that many of those Two, You're not out here interacting with them. You know, like I've known those people and throughout my life and stuff and the people who I interact with on a regular basis who consider themselves Christian, who say it's a big part of who they are and stuff like they're culturally Christian and maybe they adhere to like some of the principles and stuff there, but it's kind of like universal law stuff, like treat others the way you want to be treated. You, you know, there's the negative sides where it's like, I get to kind of rationalize my dislike of this and that because, you know, the book says so. Never mind a bunch of other things that it says, but it's just like you're you're what you're what you're inter interfacing with on a regular basis isn't Christianity so much as it is just people who have like a cultural understanding of who they are, and they lean on it. You know, they bought a cool skin in a free to play game. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the new Fortnite skin. You're like this rocks, and this is who I am. But I ultimately I paid for this in a game that doesn't require you to pay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it was, if it was, I think part of why it's not as tough for me to deal with is most of the people that I have to be around all the time. I really like. I don't really have to deal very much with people I don't like. And if people I if I like people, it's because I I feel like I know who they are and like I can I can deal with the fact that they have some weird ideas about certain things. Yeah, and they for sure, consider, you know. But I don't know. I I yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird it's just weird that the, the, the game that we're playing, you know, is it's like we always talk about, like conservative politics plays a lot more of a role in who people say they are in that community than Christianity or the Bible or something. You know, it's a secondary note for most people. And I don't know, at the end of the day, so little of any of it affects who they are on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the for what was one of the bigger kind of flashpoints for me has been recently with regard to how 
the way I was raised and especially like the family and friends that I had so close to me at the time who said, look, Jesus says, and the Bible says, this is the kind of person that you should aspire to be. And, you know, just look at the Beatitudes. That's a perfect place to start, right? You know, all these, you know, humility and all these kind of things that are like, that's what we aspired to be. That's what I was raised to um, look up to when I, whenever I experience that in people, if you experience uh, someone in power who has humility and cares for the people who are below that person, that is someone you want to aspire or that's who not just to aspire to <clears throat> aspire to want to be, but want to be around and support. And to see that the complete antithesis of that came out in 2020 or excuse me, 2016 and the exact, the same people who were telling us, you're telling me, you want to find someone who is humble and modest, but, you know, and, you know, all these wonderful things, but yet I need you to vote for this guy because he's against abortion or whatever, right? I'm like, you just painted a picture of the exact, the most antichrist person. And that's the person you're wanting me to vote for. And now all of these people who told me, no, 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 you you want to be like Jesus, but you need to vote for this guy because, you know, he's yeah. the Christian guy. I'm like, what happened? Where, where did where did this uh, where, where did the more go wrong here in terms of, you know, the, clearly the ship has, has turned to where, you know what, the characteristics of Jesus don't apply anymore. We're, we're just going to vote against yeah. the, the liberal Dem because, you know, fuck the Democrats. Like you completely lost me now in your faith because that's what you said you believed and taught me to believe by completely abandoning that in favor of someone who is the exact opposite of what you say you believe. Right. And that's why I'm not going to throw all of Christianity under the bus, but most of evangelicalism went that direction, unless yeah. I'm completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Yeah. And ironically, so that's you had more in common with, uh, you know, despite their, uh, their disapproval of your divorce, you probably had more in common with Trump than any of them, which is that you had been divorced and remarried <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you didn't get the same grace so they can go fuck themselves. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Not fair. Not uh, very fair. If you ask me, I think like for the most part, I think you can like you can deal with somebody genuinely being wrong about something. What, sure. What's hard to deal with is is like don't don't tell me that like this this and this is important to you and then do yeah. the exact opposite. Yep. Like don't tell me that you're a Christian first above all these other things and then all like all you talk about is conservative politics and and that's what you immerse yourself in all the time it's ben shapiro and tucker carlson and this and that and the other like yeah. you can do those things just be you know just be Rand paul or whoever like say that's god to you <laughs> like, yeah yeah stop telling yeah, us yeah. that this is what's important to you and just yeah. do your thing and be honest about it yeah that that's that's just something that really has just crystallized my uh, complete distrust at this point. You're, that whole community is going to have to do a hell of a lot of work to convince me that 
they that they're honest have, actors. Well, that they're, yeah, that they're that they're genuine in anything. Mm-hmm. If they're not genuine in that, I'm not. I don't trust. I don't want to hang out with you. Uh, and so that's why <laughs> that statement right there. I don't even want to hang out with people who are that who are so easy to throw their supposed morals out the window. I'm like, shit, man. Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I said early on about how I admire the fact that you guys are less, you, you seem to be at least from the way I feel <laughs> seem to be less. Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of, but just um, combative, I guess. Uh, I, I can I can admit that I'm I'm fairly combative when it comes to um, being around people who have made that complete disconnect um, in that world, specifically mm-hmm. the whole evangelical world. You know, so which they, I think there's a place for that too. I I mean, obviously, yeah. there's a lot that goes into the idea and understanding of what changes people's minds and how they change and. Unfortunately, it's not new information and good arguments that changes anybody's minds. It's no, just, no. I think the social psychology uh, data is in on that. Um, so I don't know. I think that's what's weird. We're in a weird spot, in, in, you know, with the ex-evangelical community being so large with people who have either just they're not evangelical or they're not Christian, whatever it is, um, or they're yeah, they're just christian but not conservative whatever there's so many different variations now people going in so many different directions we are just not um we're not really able, we i don't think we really know how to talk to each other i think the way that in which you get people to change their minds is uh despite what you'd assume would be true from social media it's not posts that denigrate the other it's not um everyone uh, commenting relentlessly on Mark Driscoll's posts about how he's just a chauvinist, sexist piece of shit. Uh, if anything, that makes him worse. Uh, there's just, it's like yeah. we're in a weird spot and social media has kind of fucked it a little bit. Like, you know, people want to take a stand on their values. And I think that they, you know, that's virtuous in our society, but um, in that you lose, you lose status by trying to, uh, find common ground and have a discussion with people now you're seen as uh you know fraternizing with the enemy to some degree so we're it's a weird spot uh in social media in the social media landscape when uh we're we're kind of creating we're all creating our own worst enemies including evangelicals and the way that they're forcing people out of church in droves like they view them as the enemy we view that it's just it's a non-stop cycle and i think that there's a I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, it might be that we, you know, enter World War Three. All of our infrastructure is burned, and we lose the internet. That might be the only <laughs> uh, path forward. Who knows? But eh, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and you're you're right though, because the the reality is that the, if you were to actually get the people from the far left and the far right and put them in a room, they'd find that they have more in common than they have indifference. But they would never get into that room. That's because, especially not on social media, because social media is simply yeah. a what an echo chamber of all the likes and things that they do that they put on their Facebook and Instagram and TikTok or whatever. So they're never they're never going to find themselves in that place. But I remember growing up. I mean, I was the you know homosexuality is a sin. You're going to hell. And then I 
became friends with a couple of gay people. I'm like, nope, they're actually wonderful human beings. And I think that that whole doctrine is fucked up. And I completely reject that now. But it took me becoming a friend to someone in that world yep. for me to change my mind. It wasn't some fact or argument or anything like, you know, to your point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot. I don't know. We're going to unpack it. Mark, yeah. this has been fucking uh, <laughs> awesome. I love that we uh, finally got a chance. We talked about this for months and months and months. Uh, we brought yeah. it up a while ago and life gets crazy. hard to find a date. Uh, I fucking love that we were able to find a time to have you on and talk and, and just kind of, you know, just hear your story a bit, shoot the shit. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. And I do want to say for everyone who's not watching this, you should watch it. Your, uh, your traps are looking incredible, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to take that, but I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't I'm have jealous. to take a Rhino 357 from 7-Eleven. I'm telling you that. <laughs> I'm so you're telling me I can I can go to any of these uh, CVSs around the country and just loot them, and I'm going to get away with it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I will. Uh, I'm going to be uh, PMing you for workout tips. Uh, you know, winter is when I get real schlubby. And I'm yeah, trying to yeah. change that this year. So, uh, well, I look at I'll my tell you what, toned up and I will be messaging all of you. <laughs> well, I'll, t I'll tell you what provides some motivation. Um, in June next year, uh, I entered my name in a, a lottery system where, um, you, there are thousands of people who enter to do this race and it's the escape from Alcatraz triathlon. You yeah, it's 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 scaring the shit out of me, and so I'm extremely motivated to not die when I swim <laughs> a mile and a half uh, from basically the island of Alcatraz to San Francisco. You swim through that water, 55 degree water, and then uh, bike 18 miles, and then run eight miles. And so, so you I've feel been... if you do enough burpees, you won't get hypothermia. Yes, yes, I'm You're using that exact boy, logic. Man. I didn't realize that. Five degree water. <laughs> 55 degree yeah. water for you is like experiencing a new England winter for a moment. Oh, it it's, it's yeah. Yeah. So the coldest, the water gets here, like, cause we're on the Gulf side, right? Not the Gulf of Mexico, not the Atlantic coldest. It gets here. I think is 65 degrees ish, something like that. The water okay. temps. So Actually colder than I would have expected, but that's, still it, that's, but that's like dead of winter. And then as soon as we get a little bit more sunshine, you know, it warms up pretty fast. So I'm not going to be ready for it, but in terms <laughs> of the, the cold, but uh, I'm highly incentivized, like I said, to not die. And, uh, and the, that's one reason I will tell you why we moved from, from the good old Wichita, Kansas, Casey to here is uh, I get to be outside all year round, you know, oh I, I can, God. I, I can that. do that all year, all year round. It, it sucks during the summer. Don't get me wrong, but, but yeah, and that's well, like um, only play. I, I love that. Florida is funny. Cause it's the only, it's like, it's like perfect all year round, except for the summer in new England. I'm just like holding out for summer, trying to survive. And then you get it for like a couple of months of like hot weather. Like you just yeah. it, to enjoy shorts and, uh, just stand outside in your yard, like sitting in the sun with no shirt. It's like 82 and you're like, I just want it to get warmer. I, I, I like it when it's pushing 90. It's uh God. 
It's pretty much like a holdout just to experience nice weather for a short period of time here. Much better conditions to train for the Cupid swim. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The Cupid stroke. And you you actually uh, just did a triathlon, right? Yeah, I did a, they called it a sprint triathlon. So all the distances are short, right? So the the swim was, it was up in Jacksonville, Florida. So the swim was what, 400 meters uh, and then bike 12 and a half miles and then run a 5k okay so i just did i just did that in october and i'm trying to use that i'm now using that as kind of a springboard to just maintain that and build on that throughout the winter so that in june i'm hopefully knock on wood ready for that so damn we'll see we'll see can't wait to follow that journey man dude uh, when uh oh go ahead casey sorry oh no 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 finish your finish your thought there Oh, I was just going to say, when you guys uh, come down for uh, karaoke, I'll, I'll have the room ready for you. We'll, I'll get you on video and everything. It's going to go viral. <laughs> I just texted Casey literally <laughs> yesterday about so many of the people we've met from doing the podcast all live in Florida. I'm like, we should really? do a Florida tour. Like, well, I know some, I, yeah, I guess some of them actually live like Orlando, and I've, I've heard a couple of them are in the area. Yeah. It's a good four, and it's like, oh, we should just like do a little – Run the gamut, just yeah. do a long weekend and just uh, like do a big old meetup or something. That'd be maybe awesome. Maybe figure out a live podcast of some sorts with a, I don't know. That's always hard to figure out when you're not in the area. But it, I feel like yeah. doing some sort of Florida meetup would be sick because uh, that's, I feel like a lot of the people we've gotten to know. And, you know, you, I don't, I mean, gotten to know. I don't mean just like, oh, you've been on the podcast. Cool. It's like the people that we stayed in contact with for the past couple of years yeah. from doing this. We get a good four or five people from from Florida where it's like, well, that seems like the right place to, for us. If we're going to travel four hours anywhere. apart, though. I know. Yeah. You just, you <laughs> Miami, just Orlando. I know. Oh, Florida's we'll weird just... like that. but <laughs> we, can, we can just all congregate at Mar-a-Lago. It'll be fine. Everyone's, can, you know, it's Now works, we're talking. So. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, maybe it'll be a state park by that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mark. Well, Thanks for joining us, man. It's been, of course, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. You, I told you a long time ago, you guys are my uh, weekly therapy, and uh, that maintains. So appreciate I'll, I keep that, on man. listening to you guys. So yeah, appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.